Okay, I'm going to need to fix this in post. I screwed up the intro here. One sec. That's right, here we come. Kyle Nash is to the game of the Jaguar Watch, or Jaguar Report, and of course, my man, Jaguar Watch, I don't know what that is. The Jaguar Report, and of course, my guy, Travis Holmes. I better turn that off, I better turn that loop off because my dude will keep dancing to the championship song. Travis Holmes of Big Cat Country. You're hyped and ready to go. What's going on, my man? Hey man, that song it gets me hype. It's 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 in my yeah, it's in my shana now. What they say, let's go. My shana now. I like that. Listen, hey, unfortunately, there wasn't very much shana now this past weekend, mm. other than Travis Intine, who was a sprite spot for the team, which I wrote about on the Jaguar report in question. Bing! Um, not a lot to get excited about. 17 to nothing at half, and the deficit the same by the end of the game. And I know people are harping on the fullback kickoff touchdown return but there were plenty of other things that were wrong with that uh long before that calvin ridley dropping an opening drive touchdown and and just a tough game all the way around i would say for the offense but the defense had their woes too right travis Correct. Um, some something that showed his head originally in the preseason, uh, it, it popped back up. You know, giving up those explosive plays. It's it's not something that you can do when you're a, a highly efficient defense like the Jaguars. That 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 that's what they aim to be for the most part. Well, I mean, they, they all aim to be an efficient defense. One would think in the NFL, but. Listen, you come out the gate talking about big plays being exploded. Listen, there's two things that were huge factors in in a lot of what happened for the Texans going well. First of all, C.J. Stroud is that guy. I knew he was going to come out being pretty good. Hmm. I didn't ever expect this. And now my prediction that I made with the three-point conversion back at the beginning of the month for the AFC South, of the Texans winning seven games looks more real than it ever did. And, oh, by the way, they're supposed to be injured all over their offensive line. No offense, Travis. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're start, th- this is stuff that we kind of expected C.J. Stroud to do a little bit if you were looking at it right. If right. you trifle with the Texans, they will make you pay. And on two occasions they did at the hands of take Tank Dell. Travis, let me pull up the first instance here. Um, you know – the big first big ball down the field, it looked like a busted coverage from where I sat. I don't know if it's that simple or not. I don't know a lot of what's going on, but you know, you point out here in the clip what 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 pass rush happened. Where is that? What's going on? And you know, <laughs> over the top, kaboom! You know, so, this I, yeah. one was this. There was a few things going on, but yeah, like you just pointed out, Clebon Chason is in no man's land. He's not detaching. He's not five yards close to C.J. Stroud. But also, hey, Campbell Tyson, you gotta you gotta pick that. He saw the ball in the air a good fifteen to twenty yards. You know, before before the ball landed, he can see it right here, and he and for whatever reason, he doesn't go up and get it. Um, but the real culprit on this play was obviously Rayshon Jenkins. You can see right now he's talking to the linebacker, he's talking to the safety. <laughs> He is the only person on the field, I would say, that didn't realize that that fullback motioned right back across the formation. Um, so as they came down initially, he basically is that same thing that the Miami Dolphins have been doing with a lot of those short rushes. Um, and he simply just looked down at the wrong moment and tried to communicate something to the linebackers at the wrong moment. 
didn't notice, and that meant that he needed to be the cover three corner, uh, the cover three safety rotating back. He just kind of went back late, and that was murder she wrote. You know, and that's something we had seen in the past, too. What you're asking Tyson Campbell to have done, we saw happen against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. You pointed out Andre Sisco's uh, pick was him noticing a ball going high. The corner fell or got beat or something, but here he is pulling down a pass from Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. I can right. see why you would have expected Campbell to get involved against a rookie like C.J. Stroud in that particular instance. But, I mean, credit to Tank Daly shows that you have to pay him attention um, to keep a big ball from that like that from happening. Um, I mean, let's let's get through the pain quickly for you, though, Travis. It happened again, too. Tank <laughs> Dell had another big ball, leading receiver on the day for the Texans in yardage. And uh, well, let's go this, ahead and Well, this it. is the fun one. Like, because on this individual play, I still don't know. And I keep seeing Jaguar fans blame Darius Williams for this play. And they're giving Tank Dell the credit. Hey, you caught the ball. You did what you're supposed to do. But the player of this play, the, the person who made this play was Robert Woods. And he's that inside receiver that I just like kind of pointed out. Because mm -hmm. there's a communication issue that happens between Trey Herndon and Darius Williams here. You see that Robert Woods one yard inside of the inside of the hash, he immediately attacks the flats with the defensive back rules. Hey, if you immediately attack the flat and I have outside leverage on the receipt on this on these two receivers, I'm going to immediately as the outside cornerback, Darius Williams, I'm going to take that outside guy and Trey Herndon, you're going to carry that inside receiver vertical. That's not what happened. But they also could have simply had a tag on, which basically says, hey, I'm going to communicate with you that I'm going to take this guy inside and you're going to take the vertical route. When unfortunately, we don't know which one they went with. But just based on Robert Woods outside release, again, yeah. he went four yards outside within the first five yards of the play. I think Darius Williams immediately saw that and says, this is my guy. Trey, you have the other guy. And somewhere between the two of those guys, that was a communication snafu, but also that could simply be just a great route, a great stem by Robert Woods that kind of just used their defensive rules against them. Yeah. I mean, a proper play goal design, surely designed to create confusion. I don't know that they necessarily expected a bomb like that on that play, but yeah, it was certainly a miscommunication. Um, mm -hmm. And at the very least, if they don't miscommunicate, surely CJ delivers uh, a short pass for a little bit of yards. Um, to keep the play alive uh, or to keep the, some sort of gain happening um, in order to move well, the chain. Well, right. But the play call was absolutely with the thought process that they would be in cover one or cover three. And the only <laughs> problem about that is it was going to either stretch Trey Herndon on that outside route or it was going to stretch Darius Williams and trying to stay with that corner route. You know what I mean? Like if he's in man on man coverage. So they knew in either case there was going. It was a half-filled read in, in every way. Um, and they busted the coverage because of the communication thing. I got I mean, again, those guys on offense get paid too. An interesting note, I don't know if you had the opportunity yet to see the short that I put out. Um, actually, I don't think I put out a Josh Allen short yet. I'll do it to prop up this episode um, once it's live there. But Josh Allen commented post-game about communication. And I know you could actually right now you could see it on the Sertoba Media YouTube channel, my dude drooling him put it up um, before I got a chance to on my side. So if you want to check it out on the shorts uh, with Sir Toba Media, where the struggle is real to be awesome, you know, feel free to do that uh, 100%. That, that's certainly an option you have there. Um, with that in mind, let me, let me go this direction, Travis. Um, the defense had its rough day. The yeah. offense 
had a rough day. I think, um, but after the game, you know, obviously the next game is against Bijan Robinson and company and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, please notice, by the way, sir, that I did not say a word about Desmond Ritter yet. We'll get into that later, I'm sure. But um, an interesting thing I just thought of, a couple things I want to get out there. First of all, C.J. Stroud needs to be getting his flowers. Um, the Jaguars will be playing against him for at least the next, what, 10 games that they face the Houston Texans, meaning he's going to be yeah. there for yeah. at least five more years, I think. Um, moreover, this week and next week, I believe the Jaguars are going to have both faced the guys that are the consensus pick to battle for the offensive rookie of the year. Don't you agree with that? Uh, sure. We'll, we'll go with that. I I'm, I know C.J. Stroud for sure is going to be in that conversation. Uh, actually, no, you're, you're probably right. I'm just not now that I'm thinking through all the, the rookies. Yeah, you're more likely than not. This is going to be the two guys. And you know, Bijan already had the preseason hype just off his first rush. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and now and the way that CJ's played just these past two weeks, really just game and a half. That's all it really took. And now CJ's absolutely, if you're a quarterback, you're in that conversation. So yeah, you may be correct, sir. Oh, well, you're if you're a quarterback that's successful, you're in the yeah. conversation. And we haven't really seen that seen that as much from um Bryce Young at this particular point. And I don't think Anthony Richardson will stay healthy enough to end up yeah. with the award at the end of the day, even though you and I both agree in week one, he wasn't the reason the Colts lost to the Jaguars by any yeah. stretch. Yeah. But um, as they, as they get prepped for um, London, a very interesting point um, was brought up in the post game from Houston um, in talking to quarterback Trevor Lawrence um, about, the possibility of a positive existing okay. in heading over to London. I know I've made jokes already about this being a pair of home games uh, <laughs> for the Jacks compared to other NFL franchises, but um, about how there might be an opportunity to kind of escape and be isolation for the upcoming game. Here's Trevor Lawrence after the game on Sunday. Or it could decide to not work. That's cool. Let's try that again. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens sometimes, folks. Here, let me bear with us here. We'll make it work. I mean, I think, yeah, I think if we use it the right way, it could be good for us. Um, I don't think that we should need that to, you know, get the sense of urgency and to play better and to execute. I don't think that we should need that, but that's what we need. And it's coming at the right time and, and we're going to take advantage of it. So um, we'll see. I mean, I think that I know we're going to respond the right way, but. Um, yeah, hope it's a good force and we'll respond. You know, and, and I get Travis where uh, Jaguar fans are are annoyed with certain parts of what's gone on so far. You know, I, I, I mean, well, I should say certain parts. Let's just call it what it is the Texans. Yeah, I get that. You know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game was a missed opportunity because of several missed opportunities. I wrote about that in the Jaguar report a couple weeks ago. Bing! But um, you need to get more bings about Big Cat Country and the stuff you write, my guy. I'm just saying. But <laughs> Well, the difference is you you are, you are, you generally cover more opinion pieces. I cover news. So for the most part, I'm covering what's happening, not necessarily my my interpretation, my perspective on it. So I'll cover it. You know, I'm, I'm writing the, the Thursday recap. That should be up early tomorrow morning. But for the most part, yeah. That's, that's why you get more beans. 
By the way, Travis just did a bing. See what we did there? That's called chemistry, folks. Um, yes. So um, as as you're watching this on Friday morning, look out for that. Um, with that in mind, Travis, uh, I, I gotta I gotta ask this. So we're talking about the Falcons coming up. For my money, uh, I think one of the guys who I think is going to have to make the biggest impact defensively. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want to see Trayvon do more. Yeah, Josh Allen will be fighting through a shoulder thing. Trayvon Walker will need to do more. Um, but I'm looking for Fatu Kasi to do his thing. Uh, we de- we would definitely want to see push through the middle of the offensive line of the Falcons if you're looking for the Jaguars to see succeed and for the Duval devout to get their 2-2 two and two, uh, record that they're hoping for at this point, right? I think I agree with you. Um, yes, Fatu Kasi is the person who makes the Jaguars run defense work. Um, we saw it all throughout 2022 in the games that he didn't play. Teams... Um, average, I believe it was 40 yards more a game rushing. Um, and it, I will say it's the same way this year where the Jaguars currently, I believe, have a top three or top four uh, run defense. But that's also a game, by the way. Yeah, that's also with Fatu Kasi, who was you know questionable yesterday. But I believe he's, he's in a good spot now um, as far as the practice report was concerned today. So we should be good to go as long as he continues staying healthy to continue stopping the run. But Bijan is something... Uh, not to be trifled with uh, that Atlanta Falcons run game in, in total. Like it's not just Bijan, but it's also Tyler, uh, uh, Tyler Aguilar. Is it Aguilar? Um, Aguilar. Yeah. Because um, he was also a really good running back from last year. And Cordell Patterson is also questionable, but because uh, he's been an inactive and helping a healthy scratch for the last two weeks. Well, part of that too is the way that the, it, it, it kind of goes with the Falcons offense. Like since, you know, the, the days of Julio Jones and high power hmm. stretching of, of offenses with Matt Ryan and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, you might've heard this Calvin Ridley kid that came over there, um, you know, uh, let me ask you this, Travis. For mm-hmm. as poorly as Calvin Ridley, I, I don't want to say he's performed poorly. That's not fair. He had a great breakout game against the Colts. Of but there, there have been some some moments where even he's critical of, of himself. He's dropped two touchdowns by his own admission. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's 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 down on him. I should say he's down on himself, but he's critical of the mistakes he's made. He acknowledges them. He owns them. Um, what I kind of think, though, man, you got you got to think. I know the nature of his departure was sort of, um, let's say, league-driven, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that the Falcons necessarily got rid of him because he lacked talent. But you think there's an element of, I don't want to say vengeance, but... Hey, man, revenge game. Let's go. Satisfaction? <laughs> hey, you know, you know what it is? It's a hey, revenge game time. Like, hey, they, they traded the man away. He was on the last year of his contract. They just wanted to be done with it. They already had what they thought was a top receiver. Um, and from their perspective, I can understand exactly why they did it. Because, uh, again, they, you know, they had Drake London. Um, but also... I, from his perspective, yeah, I would be in my feelings. And these are the guys who are already the top 1% of the top 1% who the only reason that they are successful is because they know they have that chip on their shoulder that, you know, no one believed in me and I can do this. I'm going to do it in spite of everyone else. And yeah, so if you're talking about it being those guys who automatically do that when there's not someone um, who's truly against them. It's just kind of an unfortunate situation. Oh, yeah, I'm 100% sure whether or not he publicly admits it, that he absolutely has that chip on his shoulder, and he is, you know, he's going to be nipping at the, he's, he's, he's going to be ready to take, you know, to, to 
150, 200 yard game. Oh, I'm not going to argue with that, Travis. Matter of fact, I'll see that and even raise you this. Okay. I remember getting traded in our flag football league and I played in the playoffs against the guy that traded me and I was hyped. I can't imagine what Calvin's thinking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, right. And that's why a lot of times these guys have these big uh, revenge games. Is That's the real reason is because no matter what the scenario was surrounding it, hey, man, that team's the villain. And I got to I got to show out. I got to be ready. It's my it's my mini Super Bowl. So I absolutely understand that. But fortunately for Calvin, he upgraded when he left because, and again, he has the better quarterback now. He has a team, a, a more complete, I would say, offense, generally speaking. And Desmond Ritter right now is just scared to death to throw the ball deep. <laughs> so, yeah, from his perspective, he probably lucked out and get out of there. So what you're trying to tell me is that Desmond Ritter is a younger Marcus Mariota. Well, hey, at least he was backing <laughs> him up at one point. Um, yeah, man, listen, I, I don't get – Falcons fans seem to believe in Desmond Ritter. I just don't get it. Um, you know, I, I covered him a number of times through covering uh, UCF football because uh, they were playing in the same conference at the time in the American um, with the black and gold banneret, by the way. Bing! Um, you, you know the bell's coming now. That's what's up, Travis Holm. Um, but uh, listen, we could talk about the deficiencies on the Falcons' offense and how the Jags' defense might have an opportunity to bounce back to have their best defensive performance potentially. Mm-hmm. Unless Bijan Robinson, well, we all know, I think we all know that Bijan Robinson is going to be the biggest running threat they faced so far, especially yes. with the, uh, the the Falcons run game being what it is. I don't think it's a great run game so much as they just run the ball a ton, right? Yeah. I, I think they're, they're, they're the ten, they're, it's a lot like the Tennessee Titans. They're going to chip away, chip away, chip away until you screw up. And when you screw up, it's going, they're going to make you pay for it. Your goal is on offense to make them to put the game into a spot where they can't run the ball. They can't nickel and dime you. It's the same game plan that the Jaguars would use against the Tennessee Titans, who we are used to, is the game same game plan that we would need to have against the Falcons if we're, if we're going to be successful in London. Pop quiz, better quarterback, Desmond Ritter or, or, or Ryan Tannehill? Goodness, that's a Spider-Man meme. Uh, <laughs> uh, at least Tannehill can throw the ball deep. And he can some like he he he's streaky in that way, like like fits magic. He can at least get the ball deep. Ritter, that simply cannot. That's the one thing he can't do. I mean, he may be better at controlling the ball on slants and stop routes, but he cannot get the ball deep to this you know great receiver and tight end you know, prospect for whatever reason. So I'm probably going to go with Tannehill. You know, the irony that you bring up Fitzpatrick is amazing because. Something that's working in the Jaguars' favor, they're staying with their starting quarterback. I would be more worried for the Jaguars in this game, Travis Holmes, if Taylor Heineke was starting this one. He's not. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. That, no, and we talked about this pregame. I'm like, uh, I, I, that's the main thing I pray. I pray that the Jaguars mm-hmm. don't hit him too hard. I need Josh <laughs> Allen just to come. Make sure you don't get that personal foul coming down on this dude. I don't need Tyler Heineke coming into this game and, um, you know, and Maple Minshew in this thing. Like, we need to keep Ritter healthy so that he can finish this game and give us this W. I mean, heck, I mean, I know it's rumored that that uh, uh, Anthony Richardson, AR with the Colts, um, is due to come back this week. He's taking practices. But goodness, like, wouldn't it be crazy if Richardson had the game that he did to open the year and then on October 15th, Uncle Rico comes in to try to get some vengeance on the teal? That'd be some crazy stuff. 
Um, <laughs> but let's let's keep it here. Let's keep it international. We're not going domestic. That's October fifteenth. I think we got some time before that. But um, okay. yeah, uh, let me. We've been talking a lot about the defense and the opportunities that they would have to have possibly a better game unless Bijan goes off. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think they're very specially designed to attack the run. But conversely, on offense, Travis Entian has similar numbers to Bijan Robinson in a much more balanced offense. I would add as well. Um, he, he, listen, he came in last week averaging 4, 4.1 a carry and then finished Sunday's contest averaging 4.6 a carry. He's been doing his part, um, granted, with a lot of, I would say, home runs rather than necessarily a sustained strike. But nonetheless, um, I think him being an element of the offense, keeping Bijan off the field, as you describe, yeah. is, is certainly going to be a huge element. And, you know, listen, God help the Falcons. If if they just – if the receiver core and, and with the quarterback, no respect, disrespect to T-Law, to uh, um, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, or any of the above, or even Evan Ingram for that matter. But if they could just find the page and sustain, the Falcons should be in real trouble just like the Texans should have been, right? Well, this is a it's, it's, it stinks because it's a totally different matchup, though. Because while the Jaguars also are really good at running the ball, the Falcons' defense is really good at stopping the run, just like the Jaguars' defense. Like they are top four run stopping defense, uh, the Falcons. So there's there's this there's a little bit of I'm I'm a little weird about this game in a lot of ways because the Jaguars should be able to pass the ball against this defense, but again, so should uh, Detroit should have been able to pass the ball against this team, and they were not successful. And and it was a it was the weirdest thing also when watching that game film because Atlanta was rotating outside corners. They rotated outside corners with three different corners in that game, and it was it was again it's something I had never seen before. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, Jeff Okuda because he was coming back from his injury. Uh, Mike Hughes and Trey Flowers were all playing outside corner in that game. And I was just like, oh, okay, so they're doing that. So when you, when you have uh, Calvin Ridley out at you know receiver, he may be able to go up against any one of those three guys. And I'm not even sure you know wh- who's, who would be the best you know matchup at that point. But the Jaguars would have to pick up the litter if they continue with that rotating option. Um, I'm my, my biggest concern at this current moment in time is that Falcons D line versus the Jaguars O line a lot yeah. like it's been these at uh, these last few weeks. Well, is, and I was going to get to that too. I mean, the offensive line injuries mounting up. Anton Harrison had to leave the game early on Sunday. You know, uh, now granted, uh, according to Coach Peterson, they're expecting Harrison to be back and ready to go. Mm-hmm. By the way, props to Walker Little for carrying his water in this situation. And then, you know, it would have been nice. Is Cam out uh, four weeks or six weeks? I forget. So Cam will be back in the Buffalo game next week. There's just okay. a question of whether where he's going to play. Everyone seems to expect him uh, to be playing his normal uh, tackle spot with Walker sliding inside at Ben Barch's spot. But we'll see if that materializes. I mean, call me crazy, but I'm more inclined. I'm more inclined to to put Cam and, and Walker um, side by side on the field for a while until people uh, at any other spot, frankly, get healthier. Yeah. I mean, my, am I out of my mind? I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like the plan for the team is going to be. And it really just kind of boils down to the fact that it sounds like Cam simply can't play guard and Walker can. So Walker might be the better tackle 
overall, but in the you know in the terms of viewing it's like a Madden depth chart, <laughs> um, you you may have a, a a tackle who was an 86 and versus the tackle who's an 83, but by putting that tackle at guard, you make the whole line an 81. So we're just gonna do it just to raise this the whole is a boat. 77, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna raise the whole boat uh, by I, put by I, I, I hate to ironically use Anton Harrison's number as a rating, but that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Um, no, so, man, yeah, I, but, I think that's a strong takeover overall, too, with what they're – I mean, this is what patchwork looks like, man. I, yeah. I, it's, it's, you know – It stinks. Like, losing losing uh, Josh Wells earlier in the season, you thought you had significant depth at the tackle. You know, he was a swing tackle guard, you know, a swing tackle option. You lose Cooper Hodges. I mean, you, you – you, so many guys, you end up being down, and you just – start off the season with a slate of guys, you know, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones, and now we're in, uh, we have Grady, uh, Grady uh, Jarrett. And I'm just like, yo, this is going to be in a game because he was dominant. And I don't mean a little bit dominant. I mean, that man still got it against Detroit. Just tossing guards out of the way, and that's who Ben Barch is going to be matching up with over and over and over. That's going to be an interesting to watch the Jaguars try to run anything inside. And listen, I know he's year 16 in, but I have to mention Calais Campbell as a former Jaguar uh, as part of the mix here up front, at least loosely. I, I mean, he may not have a sack or anything like that, but he's going to be a force that's going to be trying to keep the uh, Travis Entians of the world from, you know, making their impact as well. Um, you know, certainly a factor there in yeah. that particular situation. And, you know, uh, because just in case anybody from my black and gold Banneret team uh, is listening to I have to acknowledge Mike Hughes and Richie Grant as uh, members of this team. They're, it's it's part of my contract. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all, all that in mind. Listen, th- those are the makings of of a whole lot of question marks that could go either way. But I, 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 I th- this game I think will obviously or not obviously. I think this game will go to about who's more comfortable the environment and and. Travis, it's hard right. for me to picture anybody more comfortable in London than the Jaguars. Well, that's the fun part because the Jaguars have a losing record in London. <laughs> so. um, people always t- talk about the fact that we have that home field advantage, but we also were not a very good team um, in, yeah, the past, exactly. in the past Here's years. It. Even even Urban Meyer got his win in London. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is fair. No, that's, that's fair. So it's going to come down to fair. Who's more comfortable there? But just who's more comfortable, period? Because, again, these are two teams who have been a little bit all over the place as far as how they play this season. Uh, you know, Atlanta started off a little bit, you know, up and down as far as offensively. Uh, David Schurz getting over a few injuries on defense. I can understand that part. But then they played Detroit, who, again, beat Kansas City. And we saw that happen. Uh, right. An injured Kansas City, nevertheless. But they beat Kansas City. And now we lose against Kansas City, and we're playing against that team that just beat the team that beat them. So I'm, it's all about the individual matchups and where that's going to work out, and that's why we kind of hone down to hone, you know, hone hone in on those individual matchups. The their defensive line versus our offensive line. Their pass rush, while they haven't, they've only had the three sacks. They've had a you know whatever the 69, 70 uh, quarterback hits. That's that's on pace for like the hundred and you know nineteen or whatever it is. Some some insane number. I'm like, all right, cool. So they they're they're getting a pass rush. They're just not getting sacks. We know about that from 2022 Jaguars. Uh, so yeah. So all that to say is there's a there, there are small margins in this game, and it's really going to come down to those. Hey, don't drop the balls. Hey, don't have this pre snap penalty. Don't have these small things that the Jaguars 
have been kind of screwing up. They, they've been screwing those things yeah. up these past few weeks. So are we finally going to stop pressing and get those things right? If we do, we have a, a, a punter's chance of just walking away with the solid victory against a quality team. Travis, what's the score? What do you got? Whew. I hate to say this because you know me. I'm a Jags fan, but I actually had the Falcons winning 23-20. See, it's funny. I, 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 I was, I got twenty four twenty in my head in favor of the Jags, um, but to all the points we made, that could swing either way. Should be interesting to see. Travis Holmes, tell the world we can be found, my guy. Man, I can be found on all the socials. Travis D. Holmes, you can find me on, well, obviously here, the Duval Dive, every Friday, 11 a.m. You can also find me on uh, the South Florida Tribune, Inside the Pigskin. We have a podcast that is uh, 8 o'clock at night, uh, every Tuesday. And you can find my writings on BigCatCountry.com, where I cover all breaking news. An honor, joy, and privilege to do this with you, Travis. Of course, I am Kyle Nash. Assume the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Check out my writings with the Jaguar Report. Uh, also with the uh, black and gold banneret covering UCF football. I'm playing Baylor this weekend here at the Bounce House. That's going to be a big one. 2014 Fiesta Bowl rematch. Um, for those who remember that 2013 season, that was a big deal with Blake Bortles. Oh, my gosh, the tie-ins. Pretty soon I'm going to have to do an episode of The Good Place to complete the circle, right? <laughs> and, of course, my work at Bay 7 BN Sports. Of course, the Student of the Game podcast Wednesdays at 8.40 p.m. Eastern. And then, as always, here at 11 uh, on Fridays, you can find the Duval Dive Jaguars podcast. An honor, joy, and privilege, my friends. But until next time, everyone, class and dismissed. Hey, 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 hey.